Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Glad you're with us gathered around God's holy words of life, light, and liberty that he's offering you again today. And he never stops offering us his word because he never stops desiring that we live by faith and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So grab your Bibles today. We're going to be in 2 Peter chapter 3. This is going to be part 5 of this third chapter. This will be our last session as far as I know at this point in this chapter. Don't know what we'll be teaching next, but by next Monday morning we'll know because I'll be here doing it and we'll probably not be gathered up Friday morning. Uh, so much to do right now. And uh, so I'll be back next Monday morning with the next session, whatever it is the Lord directs us to begin to teach in his word. I love these Bible studies and I love that you love to learn the word of God as well. There's nothing more precious in all of the world to be learning other than God's word. There's nothing. The Word of God is God. The, learn, the Word of God is how we learn about God. It's how we learn about ourselves, uh, where we came from, where we're going, what, what's going on in our lives even right now, and why it's going on. Everything will be found that you need to know in the Word of God about everything you need to know about. So I, I'm always excited about that, learning more of the truth of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, he is the living word. If we don't walk away with a touch from and a touch of the Lord Jesus Christ in our hearts, we've not really uh, held God's word in its right context. You can have information, but the Lord is trying to do an inner work in us. And that's where he desires that truth be in the inward parts of man, the Bible says. Why? Because that's where God looks exclusively is on the heart of men. And that's where men's hearts either believe or refuse to believe is in the heart. Everything happens in the heart. And when he can get his word in the heart, then he can get our feet on the path. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. So everything we do here at Crossway Church, you can find it on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. I encourage you to go there and look. There's so much there. You won't hear it all before uh, now and the Lord comes for you. And uh, because we just keep adding and adding and there's already a, a ton of stuff there. Also, we have a website, thecrosswaychurch.com. You click on the store icon, go find the commentaries that are there. You can donate uh, whatever the price is for those. And also Angel Peace's uh, music CD is there. And I'm just so thankful for everything the Lord is giving us and is doing for us in these last few moments of this very age that, that's about to close out. And I'm, I'm just so thankful to know what we know today, even though it's not much it's enough to be saved, it's enough to live saved, and it's enough to keep partaking of this divine nature of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Until we get to be where we see him in heaven, we're going to keep beholding him here by faith on this earth. So, hallelujah. Grab your Bibles again. This is Second Peter part 3. I'm sorry, Second Peter chapter 3 part 5. Let me see here. Verse 17, very, very end of the chapter. You therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things beforehand, beware lest you also being led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. So as we look at these last two verses in this last chapter, we call it last very three or four lines of this letter that Peter wrote, let us know that when he says, you therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things beforehand, we, we got to know that 
we got to look back and see what things it is he's saying that we already know. See, that's the thing about Christianity. When you get saved, you immediately start learning, or you are supposed to. And if you don't, then you might have believed in vain. And the Lord will only know that, and you later. But when you get saved, the one thing that happens is you want to know more about this one who saved you. You There's a desire. When you're born again... You become a new creation in Christ. You're, all things have passed away. Yes, we must learn that, but nevertheless, it has happened. We're not trying to get it to happen. That's where we make big mistakes. We're, we, many times we think we got to try to get the old to pass away, but when we got saved, the old passed away and the new came into being and all of the new has nothing of the old attached to it. God didn't use anything of the old to bring about the new. It's all brand new. It's so new that Isaiah in chapter 65 verse 17 of his writing says that when God creates the new heaven and the new earth, that the former will not be remembered nor even come into our mind. That means nothing of the old will ever be remembered. You need to think about that. that, that that's something you need to think about now uh, concerning what I'm saying. When you become a new creation, you need, you need uh, to begin to learn in a very intense manner. I want to know and I want to know more. I want to have what God has and I want to have more. And it's God's intention even more so than we could ever desire to give us more grace, to multiply his grace in our lives, meaning what he wants to do in our lives. So we, we know some things as we've studied the first and the second letter of Peter now. At the very end of his writing here, he says, uh, seeing that you know these things beforehand, and he's talking about the, the false teachers. He's talking about the scoffers. He's talking about uh, those that, that bring about error in the body of error, false teachings, doctrine that is not sound, doctrines of devils. Listen to me very carefully today. Any doctrine, and there are many doctrines in the Bible, the word doctrine means teaching. So in the Bible, there are many teachings, many doctrines, but it, it, this is what makes them unsound, and it, they, this is what allows anything to confuse us from the Bible is that if, if the doctrine, the teaching we're hearing, let me say it this way, if the doctrine we're not hearing is sound, then it will cause us to be unsound, unstable. And the only thing that keeps doctrine sound, that keeps us sound, is if all the doctrines, teachings in the Word are touching, are in the context of that form of doctrine that allowed Christ to literally move inside of us and our bodies become the temple of his spirit, which was our yielded heart to the truth of his death on Calvary's cross. You understand that. Anything that's not touching that truth even if people, even if ministers are talking about the rapture or the second coming that you can get excited about, my friend, you should be excited about that because it's about to happen. Hallelujah. The church is about to leave and, and it'll be a blink of an eye uh, just a little while later and we'll be coming back with our Savior to reign with him for a thousand years and even that thousand years at that time for you and me will go by in the blink of an eye and then we'll watch a new heaven and a new earth created and the new Jerusalem come down to sit on that earth that we'll be in as it comes down and a lot of wonderful things that you can know and be encouraged to know but let me tell you something what's more important today right now while you're on your journey to see one day those things happen to see your experience of those things one day it's encouraging 
and edifying to know those things are coming, but what you need to know now is how to live for God, how to remain steadfast in the faith so that you're not pulled away from, so that you don't fall from, as Peter writes here, your own steadfastness. And the way we fall from our steadfastness is if we begin to hear messages or our flesh begins to lust after anything other. Listen, if we begin to lust after fleshly things, then we're going to get carried away by the lust of our flesh for those fleshly things unless we always remember and fight the good fight of faith to maintain our faith in that which made us steadfast in the beginning. You see, you and I, child of God, we became steadfast only in one place, and that was in the faith. And that's the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ by which we were justified, Galatians 2.16 and Galatians 2.20, by which we live. It's the faith of Jesus Christ by which he loved us and gave himself for us that we live, that we were brought into his steadfastness that we can maintain by his spirit our own steadfastness as our hearts remain yielded to that truth, that word of the truth of the gospel that brought us into the steadfast love, the steadfast faith of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, this is very powerful as you see the importance of what the Holy Spirit would give Peter to say, to write down for you and me at the very last words he would pen for you and me. Think about that. The very last words that he would pen for, for the children of God to be able to read and to accept and to walk in by faith so, so that we would not fall from our own steadfastness. And it's, and it's really speaking of our steadfast place in the faith, meaning our hearts yielded to the truth of Christ and him crucified, the very cross of Jesus Christ. When the cross is not a part of what we're talking about spiritually, when it's not a part of what we're teaching and preaching, when it's not a part of what, what my faith is in, then whatever I think my faith is in, I'm, I, I'm going to become unstable and confused and I'm going to have a life that's going to be a life of contradiction. I'm reading this, but it's not working. But when I get around people, I want them to think it's working. You know, I, I, I'm sick of that. I, I, I'm glad that's been gone out of my life for 18 plus years. I don't, I don't have to read the Bible now and, and, and wonder why that ain't working. And, but, but, but yet when I get around other Christians, I have to put on a front like it is working. No, my friend, when you find out where this steadfast place is, and it's only one for every child of God. There's not a, a steadfast place for, for everybody that's different. If that were the case, then we wouldn't have to be commanded to be of the same mind, the same spirit, speaking the same things. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. That right there will tear down some walls. And I, I don't listen. The Lord's trying to tear down all these denominational walls. And I'm not talking about just so the people can get together with their own denominational stuff. I'm talking about He wants to do away with all the denominational stuff, period. He wants it gone. He wants the names gone. He only He's only concerned about the name of his son that he exalted above every other name. He wants all that gone. And you might be saying, well, who are you? I'm nobody, but I'm preaching and teaching to somebody and what he wants, and he wants everything gone that's got any name on it that would draw people to that name. Hallelujah, because there ain't no denominational name the name of Jesus. 
Jesus. So he wants all that gone. Hallelujah. He wants all that gone so we can just gather around the sacrifice of Christ and everything we've disagreed on for years, we won't have to disagree on it anymore because we can, as we gather around the sacrifice of Christ, be of one man, of one mind. Uh, listen, we can be speaking the same thing as we've been commanded to. We can be of one spirit. We can literally be found striving together for the faith of the gospel. And I'm thankful God got me out. And all the people that didn't like it and all the people and, 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 and the pain I went through and, and still have to suffer sometimes because of the way you're treated because you won't be a part of this name or that name. Well, I'm a part of the name that got exalted uh, far above all other names. That's the name. Of, and I don't want to hear, well, I am too, but we just, no, all that, but we just is, is really like the Tower of Babel, but we just, but we let us be, let us make a name for ourselves. God gave us a name to exalt. He gave us a name that called us unto it. He gave us a name that saves, hallelujah, to the <coughs> uttermost. I don't need another name. I don't need another man's name. I don't need another man. Uh, devised building name. I don't need anything that's of men. I just need to be found walking with the man, the Lord Jesus Christ, because only there can I be steadfast in his faith. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And that's what it's all about. St the steadfast place, and we'll see it today, the steadfast place is the steadfastness of being in the faith. And you'll see, as Peter would go on and say, the alternative, the, all, the only, the only, the exclusive alternative other than falling from our steadfast place uh, uh, with the Lord is to be found and experiencing the growth that's only in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it's the only other alternative. Let me let me just say it, break it down to you this way: the simplicity of this, and it's why most of the church is backslidden. Most of the church doesn't know how the Holy Spirit works. Most of the church does not know the only object of faith is Christ and His sacrifice. That most of the church does not know these things. So God is raising up uh, men and women, boys and girls in these last few moments to bring the truth back into the church of these things that the church should have known but does not know. And, and it's the only reason that we've experienced all the, uh, the church splits, all the all the awful things, all the, the, the not, not being able to get along with each other, not not you know uh, you know all these things we could avoid if we would accept God's alternative, so that we won't fall from our own place of steadfastness, which is in the faith. So the only other alternative is to grow in grace. If I'm not growing in grace and in the knowledge of my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, I am falling or have fallen from my own steadfastness. Being steadfast about the things of the Lord is to be found growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, let me ask you a question today. Are you growing in the grace of Christ? Are you growing in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? See, those two things are tied together. If they're not, if, if, if knowledge and grace is not bringing about growth and maturity in my life, then it's proof that I don't understand knowledge and grace, that, that really I might be ever learning but not able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You see, when I come to the knowledge of the truth, my friend, I'm not talking about just being born again. I need to keep growing. We're told here to keep growing. These are people that already know these things, Peter said, and they need to remember them to keep from 
falling from their own steadfastness because they are slowly desensitized. What? By verse 17, through being led away with the error of the wicked. If I'm not growing in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, I am being desensitized as a Christian with words that may make me feel good when I hear them and they may be actual facts from the Bible about what has happened or what's going to happen, but I need to be hearing the truth that allows faith to be now. Knowledge to be imparted now for growth now in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now faith is. Now faith is. Not was, not will be. Now faith is. And we need to understand this. So let's look back at verse 17 and read this slowly through this morning to, to see what the Lord would uh, to impart into our hearts. You, therefore, that's us, children of God, beloved of God, seeing you know these things beforehand. It's like, it's like going to a doctor and him telling you, if you keep eating that type of food right there in a year, you're not going to be here. You, ha you have this issue, sir, that you're whatever, whatever it might be. If you keep eating this selection of food, you will not be with us in a year. That's exactly the scenario here. We're, you and I are being warned that if we don't grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are going to fall from our own place of steadfastness through the error of the wicked. What's the error of the wicked? Well, th that scenario would be that man saying, well, I'm going to keep eating that. I don't care what it does. Well, that's your prerogative, sir. You get to do what you want to do. The only thing you don't get to do is to decide what the consequences will be. I want you to understand that today, folks. We get to do whatever we choose to do, but you don't get to choose the consequences. That, my friend, God has set in motion. You get to choose to do, to believe, Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to believe, but you do not get to choose the outcome of that. God has set those things in motion, and that's going to be such a devastating thing for all those who end up in the lake of fire because they their whole lives lived with the choice God gave them to be able to make, and they made the wrong choice thinking that they would get this and be that and, and have this, but you don't get to choose the consequences, my friends. So when you get told by the doctor in that scenario I gave you that if you keep eating this, this, and this, you're not going to be here in a year. If he is right, then you keep eating that. You won't be here in a year. It's the same thing here. If you and I don't take heed, the more earnest heed to these things that are written to us and for us, there is no escaping being led away through the error of the wicked and falling from our own steadfastness. You begin to move away from the focus of Calvary, that shows me you're falling. You're falling. You begin to allow other ministers to come in and to minister in your pulpit that's not pointing to the cross, you are falling. They've they, they fallen from grace, but you are falling. We've wa we're watching that. Now, even as I speak, we're watching that in ministries that at one time claimed, uh, you know, not to, to, to preach anything but the cross. And now, it, because, listen, we were warned. We were warned beforehand so that when all this stuff starts happening in our own personal midst, in our local churches, or in other ministries that we've followed, we've already been told, we've already been warned, so that we'll go, hey, this is that. And instead of 
falling from our own steadfastness through the error of the wicked. And it's things being brought in to, and mixed to get our attention off of what it should be on because the Holy Spirit always delivers us unto death for Jesus' sake. Think about that, my friend. If you move away from just being a Bible believer in what the Bible says in the context of who Jesus is and what Jesus did on the cross, we are falling, we're being desensitized, and, and it's always the same thing. When that happens, we, we, we start moving away from knowledge that brings the liberty of the truth to just knowledge. And, and we begin to listen to people say things like, well, it's not all about knowledge. It's about love. But love, my friends, without the truth is superficial. It's superficial. And it won't get the job done. And that's a part of the error of the fleshly wicked that starts talking about love and mercy all the time but it, but it's not including the message of the cross, then it's causing us to fall away from our own place of steadfastness. When we stop hearing the message of the cross perpetually, habitually, constantly, we're going to start falling away. And when we do, we're not going to think we are. You see, deception is, I don't know that I don't know. You see, when we're led away with the error of the wicked and we begin to fall from our own place of steadfastness, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a slow fading thing. It's not just like, wow, you fall a million miles in one day, slap the ground. No, it's a slowly desensitizing, moving away, and, and we make an excuse as to why we won't stand against th that, whatever that is, that's contrary to the message of the cross today, then tomorrow we'll stand less, and then the next day, well, we just got to love them and wait on them and blah, 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 Woo, blah, 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 all this stuff. And it's, and it's the error of the wicked that's really driving us away from our place of being steadfast in the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only alternative of not finding ourselves slipping or allowing this truth of the cross to slip away is to be found growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because it, that is the only place that to Him be glory now. To Him be glory now and forever. The only way that the child of God can glorify, magnify Christ is if they are beholding him as who he is as the lamb and the work he did as the lamb. That's what we're being made conformable to. That's what we're being transformed, made conformable to. Philippians 3.10, 2 Corinthians 3.18, only as we behold that. When we stop beholding the Lamb, we're beholding something, don't care what it is, that can take us away from our experience of what the Lamb offers while we're beholding Him. You've got to be beholding the Lamb. You've got to be beholding the Lamb. And, 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 and to say that, that we, we don't need to have the message of the cross, the focus of Calvary in every message is, is to be a part of the great falling away. The, the apostasy, the, the, the error of the wicked is to leave the cross out of what we're preaching, what we're teaching. The error of the wicked is, is, is avoid the cross. See, that's what the wicked do. They avoid the cross. That's the error of the wicked. The church is not the wicked. The, the, the wickedness is the error of the wicked. But the church has allow, allowed that error of the wicked to come in among them to distract us from our only place of steadfastness. You and I are steadfast nowhere other than 
being steadfast in our abiding in Christ and him abiding in us. The promise is if we will abide in him, he will abide in us. And you might think, well, I'm in him and he's in me already. No, the word there to focus on is abide. That word means remain. That word means continue. And just because I'm in Christ doesn't mean that I'm walking in Christ. That, that's about continuing in what I began in, walking in that where my feet was planted in the beginning, which is the likeness of my Savior's death. Hallelujah. So I wrote some things down concerning steadfastness before the session today, and I want to read them to you, and I know the Lord will minister to us in amidst these things that I wrote down, which are really scriptural references. So this word, as we're focusing on today, steadfastness, because that's where you can't afford to fall from, my friend. You can't afford to fall away from your steadfast place of abiding in Christ. And you're not abiding in him just because you got saved. You're abiding in him if his words are abiding in you. That means continuing to live by his word, by faith. Hallelujah. It's not just a mystical, magical thing. Yes, if you're saved, Christ is in you and you are in him. But there is a steadfast place of experiencing Christ, growing in grace and his not, the knowledge of him. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and if this is what we're told to do by the Lord through the apostle Peter, then how could we... How could we not include this steadfast focus in all that we're about in ministry? Not just here in a little portion of our ministry, then other things come in to dilute it, which is exactly what happens when I let somebody come in and minister all this garbage, error, even though they're using Bible, but they're holding God's word outside of its righteous context. That means, according to Romans 1.18, that the only fruit of that can be unrighteousness and ungodliness, even if it's got religious form wrapped all around it. It can seem right, but still end in death because only the words of truth in righteousness can produce the life that we need. We live by faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10 and 17. But Peter, the apostle, wrote in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, that the faith we obtained comes through righteousness. Amen. And that's not just meaning the faith we received initially this is what's wrong with the church, my friend. This is why we think faith don't work many times is because we're not hearing God's word in its righteous context, which is the context of Christ, who is our righteousness, and was made unto us righteousness at the cross. And many times the, the child of God will grow weary and faint and just be oppressed and move into depression and a, a whole gamut of horrible things because they claim their faith is not working. They're hearing the word of God. They're just claiming they're believing the word of God. But you've got to be hearing the word of God in its righteous context. All God's words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. Have you written that down? Have you gone and looked at that for your own self yet? All of God's words are in righteousness. They're not floating around everywhere. They're in a place. All of God's words are in righteousness. That's Proverbs chapter 8, verse 8. Will you let the word of God teach you? Will you let truth teach you truth? Will you, will you accept truth over how you felt or whatever else you've been taught in your life by whatever preachers you've listened to? God's raising up a people that value his word over grandma and, grandma and grandpa's interpretation of it. God's word interprets God's word. Truth is what teaches us truth. Hallelujah. The scriptures guide us in the light of more scripture, not men, not men. So we need to understand that. 
And, and so, uh, listen, all God's words are in righteousness. Again, it's Proverbs 8 and 8. But the righteousness of God is revealed where? Romans 1, 16 and 17 tell us that the righteousness of God, where all God's words are found, is only revealed in the gospel. In the gospel. That means through the gospel only can you understand and receive God's words by faith. See, it's the faith of the gospel, Philippians 1.27, where we're commanded by the Lord through the apostle Paul to be found striving together for the faith of the gospel, not the faith of this and the faith of that, the faith of the gospel. Because, we, listen, when we're growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it's when we're hearing the word of the truth of the gospel. So I don't care what the preacher opens his Bible and shares because there's a lot God wants us to know in his words of life, light, and liberty. But they all must be in reference, context to, regarding, applicable to the blood of Jesus, the death of our Savior, the cross of Christ, which is the gospel, hallelujah. If they're not, then the words we're hearing, even if they're factual statements about things that have happened or things that are going to happen, can make me feel good about that. And I can be edified. But what I need more than knowing what was or what will be, although I need to know both, more importantly, I need to know what's going on now with me and my Lord. You see, growing in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ is always a right now thing. If you're planning tomorrow on growing, well, that's like the restaurant I saw years ago down the road had huge letters on the side of the building that said, free fish tomorrow. And people would go in there and say, I want that free fish. And they'd say, well, what free fish is that? And they'd say, well, it's written on the building, free fish tomorrow. And they said, well, it ain't tomorrow yet. Tomorrow never comes, my friend. It's always today. You say, well, no, yesterday I was in it. Now today was my yesterday's tomorrow. No, my friend, you, you never have a tomorrow. All you ever have is right now moments Will you choose right now to yield to the truth you've heard on this session without trying to say, well, my preacher, well, this is, doesn't really go along with what my denomination or my... No, I, we, listen, we haven't told you anything that's not in the Word. The problem is with us is when we hear the truth, we start bringing our things to the table. There's no room on the table for my thoughts and opinions, my denominational rules and regulations, my preacher's thoughts, my grandma. There's nothing, on, there is no space left on the table of the Lord for anything other than what he's brought to the table. And that's the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing else on the table. If it's a table he's prepared for me in the midst of my enemies that will make my cup overflow right then and there, it's got to be Jesus Christ and him crucified. Hallelujah. It's got to be the blood that he justified and cleansed and cleanses me daily through. And it's also got to be that body, his body that suffered and that he poured out his soul unto death. Isaiah, what is it, 53 verses 11 and 12, so that he could also put me to death. The blood cleanses me. Him pouring out his soul unto death is what put me to death with him. Hallelujah. 
So I need the body and I need the blood. Hallelujah. And unless that's what I'm constantly being pointed to, I'll start thinking that I need something else or that I have a right to bring my thoughts onto the table. There's not an extra plate sitting on the table. Hallelujah. All the plates for us to eat off of are already full. I can't add to what God has provided. And if I try to take away from it outside of the application of it to my own heart, I'll be getting myself in a big boatload of problems more than I will ever even understand or know how to deal with. So you got to understand this. Let me get back to my little notes here. This word steadfastness is the place we first stood, the place we first became stable. It's when we entered into Christ. He is our stability. He is my stand before God. So I have to be abiding in him. I have to be continuing and I have to allow his word to abide in me. This place of steadfastness is where we grow. And that's what we're seeing right here. If we don't fall from our own place of steadfastness, we will be growing in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's the only place of growth. You and I aren't growing spiritually as we learn about all the different sects of Christianity's rules, regulations, and different, different beliefs. You're not growing in that. You and I only grow in grace. And that grace is found in Christ. We've been ministering a message the last two Sunday mornings uh, in a row, and uh, it's been based on 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse, or 2 Timothy, is it chapter 2, verses 1 through 4? I think that's right, where Paul tells Timothy, grow or be strong, you, Timothy, be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Well, we're in Christ Jesus, and the grace is in Christ Jesus. But that don't mean that we're always walking in Christ Jesus. It doesn't mean that we're always experiencing the strength and might of our God that's only found in grace. So when you are, you're growing. When you are, I said you're growing. So this place of steadfastness is where we grow. It's also where we avoid this error of the wicked. If you're growing in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will recognize the error of the wicked just like Peter did, just like we've been warned of, and just like we are learning to recognize, to discern is the proper word, between good and evil. Many things appear to be good in the church, but they're evil. I want to say that again. Many things appear to be good in the church, but they're evil. The error of the wicked is the distraction from Calvary. And my friend, that's even being called good and okay today. That we don't need to always be talking about the cross in all things. Why can't we just let prayer be about prayer? Why can't we just let uh, repentance be about repentance? We've been told that by ministers who claim they know and preach the cross. And I'm sure they do know it in some degree, and they have preached it at times. But when you come to the knowledge of the power of the cross, according to the scriptures, then there won't ever be a time that no matter what we're talking about, we will allow it to be ministered anything without the blood being applied to everything. And I'm not talking about just at the end of the message saying, well, you know, all this is impossible without the blood. Many are saying that, and many will admit that, but they're living in lives of great defeat and oppression. No, my friend, this is something you have to do far more than say you know it and throw it in. It. You have, listen, there are many things to learn in the Word of God. But what has to be preached for the only avenue to learn with the result being application and fruit is the cross. You take the cross out of what you're teaching 
And there is no learning. Jesus said that. You can't be my disciple. That means learner. The word disciple means learner if you don't bear your cross. And if you don't think that we need to hear constantly about bearing our cross, taking up our cross, then my friend, you have been seduced by the deception and the power of a deceitful flesh because we need to hear about the cross of Christ at every footstep along the way. And no matter what we think we're learning, if it's not dipped in blood, we've not learned it. We've not learned. We don't learn scriptural truths unless they're applied to the heart by the Holy Spirit. And when that takes place, growth in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ is happening, and we're avoiding, we're avoiding and resisting the error of the wicked instead of falling prey to it. The next one I wrote down was is where we resist the devil. Peter wrote that also. The only place the devil can be resisted is steadfast in the faith. You take a break from resisting the enemy and he's going to slap you upside the head. You know it to be true. There's never been a time in our Christian lives that we, when we got ourselves in trouble through some fleshly whatever, mouth running or lusting after something we shouldn't have, whatever it is we got ourselves in trouble concerning, even if it was getting ourselves in trouble with the Lord in our own hearts, it was always and will forever be when we're not fighting the good fight of faith, when we're not striving for the faith of the gospel, when we're not minding the one who endured such contradiction of sinners. It's when our minds are not stayed on the sacrifice of Christ that we get ourselves in the trouble we do. And I'm talking about something that happens to every one of us. You can know the cross. You can even know and say with your mouth that the cross of Christ is the power of God. It's my way of deliverance. It's my way of, of strength and power and all provision and still follow the lustful flesh of yours and fall from your own steadfastness because it's not about knowing it intellectually in our heads. It's not about saying it with our lips and putting on a show for men. It's about the heart being humbled and yielded to the truth of Christ dying for me and me dying with him so that I can express him out of that place of brokenness, that place of death. And again, 2 Corinthians 4.11, uh, uh, that's why the Holy Spirit always delivers us unto death. So how could I ever deliver a message and not refer to where the Holy Spirit is always delivering us so that we can understand the Word, walk in the light of the Word, and experience the fruit of the Word. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So also... It's where we resist the devil, but it's always faith is involved in this place of steadfastness. Faith is, is, is how we're kept. Peter wrote that too in the first letter, first chapter, uh, chapter, first letter, chapter one, verse five. We are kept in this place of steadfastness. We are kept by the power of God, which is the preaching of the cross. The Bible says, for those of you who are still Bible believers who, who are not slipping away through the air of the wicked, if you're a Bible believer, your Bible says the, the, that the preaching of the cross, not the preaching of the word, the preaching of the cross, the word of the cross is the power of God. Hallelujah. Think about that. I want you to think about these things. So steadfastness, it, it's, it's, we're, let, let me finish quoting Peter there, 1 Peter 1, 5. We're kept by the power of, you can't keep yourself. You can keep the faith, but you can't keep yourself. You can keep the faith, but you can't keep yourself. 
The cross took care of self. You can't keep yourself. You can keep the faith God gave you. Romans 12, 3, 2 Peter 1 and 1. You can keep the faith, the measure of faith God gave you, but you can't keep yourself. We're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. I'm going to say that again because I never really, that's never even been on my tongue before today. I can't keep myself, but I can keep the faith. God destroyed self at Calvary and gave me the measure of faith to live out away from self's control, self's grip, self's lies, self leading me away. See, if I'm led away by the air of the wicked and I fall from my own steadfastness, it's because self is ruling and reigning again instead of Christ. Remember that. So I wrote this down. Faith will keep us steadfast if we will keep the faith. You need to write that down. Faith will keep us steadfast, steadfastly growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ if we will keep the faith. And keeping the faith ain't saying, well, I still got it. No, keeping the faith is the experience of that faith being exercised in the sacrifice, the cross of Christ, so that I can continue learning of Christ, his knowledge, the grace that's found in him. Hallelujah. Grace is only in Christ. Grace is only found in... Grace is not floating around out here. The grace of God exists exclusively in Christ. That's why you and I were saved. When we were saved by grace through faith, it was the grace he tasted death by, Hebrews 2 and 9, and the faith he lived by to be able to taste that death by grace through. <laughs> Listen, that's the grace that we live by. Now, you and I in our specific different lives and roles as different parts of the body of Christ have different measures of grace for different aspects of God's will to be carried out individually by us, just like you may not be a pastor and I may not do what you do. We've all received the measure of faith, but we all have different measures of the grace of Christ based on what the will of God is for each of us individually. But we're still one body, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to read this statement again to you because faith will keep us. Remember, we're kept by the power of God through faith, and that means through us keeping the faith of Christ and what he did for us at Calvary. Remember Peter and Paul in Antioch, where Peter stepped into the big sinking boat of dissimulation, which is hypocrisy. I talk about this all the time because it's one of the main billboards for the child of God that God will always have in the rearview mirror if you are walking with the Lord. And, and that's this great truth that Peter was just before God, he's righteous before God, but his fruit was not. And the message from Paul to Peter concerning this issue that took place in Peter's and Barnabas's and other people's lives because they followed Peter. Watch who you're following. They followed Peter away from the faith, away from the truth that gives them the liberty and the fruit of that liberty. They followed them away from it. And the truth that Paul reminded Peter and the fellows there who had got themselves in trouble was that we're not justified. They were already justified. So the topic here is the fruit God's looking for of their approved and justified status. The fruit of their approved and justified status. And you can read this in Galatians chapter 2, this story that Paul wrote. And Paul's instruction for the fellows there face to face with Peter, he says, was that we're not justified nor are, he's talking about his works because that's the issue. 
But you, but the, if the issue is your works and your fruit not being right, it always stems back to what justified us initially. And if you look at Galatians chapter 2, you'll see the message was, Hello, fellas, we're not justified by the works of the law that Paul had to bring up because those who were coming from Jerusalem were bringing that message of condemnation still, entering it in. So Paul said, we're not justified by the works of the law, saying this to already justified people, but by the faith of Christ. But by the faith of Christ. See, remember, we live, that means we bear fruit of Jesus Christ. We live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. There you have it, my friends. So when, when Peter wrote, we're kept by the power of God through faith, that means you're keeping the faith. You're exercising that faith in the sacrifice of Christ because that is the power of God. That's the power of God. You might say, no, brother, the Holy Spirit's the power of God. No, my friend, the Holy Spirit ministers the power of God. The Holy Spirit ministers the power of God. Of God. The power of God, your Bible says, is the preaching of the cross. The demonstration of power and of the Spirit comes, Paul said, through his preaching of the cross and being determined not to know anything else, not to make the context of any message, any time, anything else. And the Holy Spirit will demonstrate the power of God in that. So when we are kept, while we're being kept by the power of God, it's only through faith, and it's always unto the fruit of our salvation. Did you see? I hope you're looking at the Word of God today, and I hope that you're in agreement with the Word of God today, because if you're not, you can't walk with your God today. How can two walk together lest they be agreed? Amen? That's Amos. You, you, you can't walk with the Lord if you're not agreed with the Lord. And to be agreed with the Lord, we must be agreeing with the Word in the light of its context, which is always of the living Word and what He did as the Lamb of God on Calvary's cross. Hallelujah. I hope you've been encouraged today. I hope you've been blessed beyond what you could have imagined. I really hope that you'll grab your Bible and it, when you can, get along with the Lord. Maybe listen to this again. Maybe look at the notes you took during this session, this classroom session online. And let the Holy Spirit guide you deeper into the reality of, of this experience with Christ. It's the only place this continual beholding the Lamb throughout all the scriptures that you're going to be found steadfast. And unless we're found steadfast, we're falling. The only place that we're found steadfast is in the place of growth learning more grace, more grace. Get this, God wants to multiply grace. He wants to give more grace, but he only gives it to the humble. Who are the humble? Those who yield their hearts to the one who humbled himself and became obedient unto death on Calvary's cross. That's the only place God sees humility. He doesn't see it in actions of humility. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Let me get that door for you. Those are wonderful things. But the only humility God recognizes is the humility of his son. And when our hearts are yielded to the truth of his son, 
and what his son did at Calvary, there comes the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of grace to carry out the will of God that I desperately need more than anything else in my life. And I hope you're recognizing the same for yourself. God bless you today. May his touch be upon all of you, all of you, all of you individually, your body, your soul, your spirit, your ministries, your families, everything about you. May you find the touch of your Savior today on all of it. Hallelujah to the Lamb. I pray that for you today. Whatever it is you need, that you would look to Calvary's Lamb and you'll find everything you have need of in Him. Glory be to God. Praise the Lord. If the Lord stirs your heart to be a part of our ministry, please pray for us as we stand on this great truth of Christ and Him crucified in these last days. Please, if the Lord stirs your heart to be a part of this ministry, to give an offering to Him through this ministry. Or if you want to help us put 10 expositor study Bibles into the hands of inmates every week. Every week. It's quite costly. I encourage you to ask him about that also. And you can do that. You can, you can give to this ministry at 903-231-5950. Or you can simply go to the website, thecrosswaychurch.com and click on the word donate and give to the Lord. And thank you for all of you who do give to the Lord through this ministry to see the work of his hands continue and the movement of his lips continuing to speak from heaven through the blood to all those who are hearing him. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next time. Until then, Stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.